As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. This is Outside In. I'm Justine Paradise, in for Nate Hedgie this week, with a little extra sparkle for your feed as our way to say Happy New Year. Before we get to the main event, we dropped our annual winter survival recommendation show a couple weeks ago, and since then we've heard from some of you sharing your winter tips. We got one idea from James in Bend, Oregon. Hey Nate and all the outside inners. If uh, kind of cold outside, doing your daily routine as you need to, like me playing with the dog out here in the snow, a little bit chilly, uh, just get in some squats, do some lunges, maybe some push-ups if you feel like it. It might look a little bit like a tool, um, but you know, it's good for you, and you don't worry about what other people think. It's fine. All right, have a good one. Annie in Portland, Maine said, get a stargazing app to see what's going on up there. And we got a note from Kira in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Where it is currently minus 33 degrees Celsius. I'm calling to share my absolute favorite cozy winter tip. I'm talking about bringing the best part of summer into the dead of winter. I'm talking about a delicious treat with a side of danger. That's right, I'm talking about making s'mores in your oven. Although Kira did offer a word of warning. Just like making s'mores over a campfire, things are liable to uh, get engulfed in flame very quickly. Despite the risk, she recommends repeating as often as you need and at least once a season. In that same episode a couple weeks ago, we also talked about cold water immersion. It's a cousin of the polar plunge, which is itself a popular New Year's tradition. Diving into the winter ocean or an icy lake as a way to start the new year fresh. But cold water dipping is different. So today we are sharing a little more from those conversations. But one last thing, if you're at all intrigued by the idea of cold water immersion, check out the show notes. We've shared some safety information that you might want to read first. All right. Happy New Year, and we'll be back in your feeds in January. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I started my cold water swimming journey actually when I was uh, about six months sober. So it was kind of a new experience for me of uh, living in a way that was that had a lot more information coming to me. There's a lot more clarity in my life. And that shift from kind of a dissociated life to one that was full of lots of new information was a little bit like information overload. And um, one of the ways I used to kind of feel better in my body was to start cold water swimming. The first day I did it, I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the water. It was May, so it was freezing. And I think I got, like, up to my ankles. I was like, that was it. I was like, okay, that was good for today. The next day, I was like, all right, like, at least shins. And then got up to my knees. And then uh, I think it was, like, you know, the third or fourth day. I was like, all right, Hartley, like, get in the water. (laughs) Just at that point, I dove in, and it was just so exhilarating, you know, that experience of um, being a little kid again where you're just like everything in your whole body like comes online all at once and I just remember like getting out of the water like laughing like I hadn't laughed in years and I was like I think there might be something to this so I just kept coming back for it. I started posting about it in Instagram and friends of mine said, oh, we have this other friend that is doing this crazy thing that you're doing. You guys should hang out. And so the community started building from there. <laughs> My name is Caitlin Hopkins. Well, I'm uh, Betsy Lou Dawkins. My name is Pern Jokar. Judith Green Yansa. Kelsey Hartley. I'm a mainer. Who I am. <laughs> I'm who I am. What do I do? I'm a painter at the moment. I have like a few different jobs right now. I am from Bar Harbor, Maine. I moved here in 82. My mother's family comes from here, so I've been coming to Maine my whole life. Part-time make uh, oyster bags for a local oyster farmer. I belong to a group called Cold Tits Warm Hearts. Two Maine Mermaids is a cold water community here in Portland, Maine. I'm 38. I'm 72 an ultra-distance, open-water marathon swimmer, but also a cold-water dipper throughout the whole year here up in Maine. Winter immersion, we call it dipping, is we just we go in in the absolute bracing cold, maybe move the ice aside <laughs> and get in the water and just go up to my neck, and I have a wool hat on, and... Uh, I still just have my bathing suit on. I don't have a suit, neoprene suit on, just gloves and booties. And then just stay in the water as long as you can. It's so weird. If people who would see us, who would walk by, even though it's super early in the morning, it's like women in a hot tub. I mean, some of them had like the towel wrapped around their head, like, you know, like a turban. (laughs) And just, just sitting there and chatting about like their weekend and stuff. I get excited about the thought of, like, slushy ocean, which 
I didn't even know happened. (laughs) And you know, the biggest question is, is it cold? Like, you bet your sweet ass it's cold. (laughs) Before you touch the water, lay a towel out. Put your dry towel on top of that towel and think about, genuinely take a beat to think about, okay, my hands are going to be numb. I can't tie my shoes. I can't zip. And think to yourself, like, what you're going to do when you get out. You want to know where everything is. Yeah, you want to make sure that you can get into your car (laughs) as soon as possible. Well, the hardest part for me is the moment you take your warm coat off and you're standing in the hopefully not a breeze, but many times it is a breeze, and you're freezing. As you hit the water, like first foot into the water, it's that like initial jolt. I know when I step in that water, it's going to be a wonderful uh, shock, a a jolt of lightning or something probably going through you. (gasps) A lot of the danger in plunging or like when you hear of people like, jumping into an ice hole and dying is because they there's a cold shock response and so you're gasping once you hit the cold water and inhaling um, water. I'll see videos of people just like jumping into cold water and my first reaction is like, oh my gosh, don't do that. <laughs> Especially not having the face go in first. And so to counter that and to also like encourage like a super embodied experience, we encourage people to take a nice slow walk in. The slowly walking in, at least in the style that we do it, it's allowing a conversation with the nervous system. Oh, that's cold. Okay. Yep. Getting the toes in. I'm here by choice. This feels good. And then knees. And then from there, the negotiations get a little bit, (laughs) a little bit harder. Tits and pits, that's like the hardest part, right? But once you get past that, there's this like really amazing feeling that happens. Once you're up around your shoulders, the body starts to take its blood supply in the muscles and will turn it to the core and that's your body saving you from dying but that's where it starts to feel really good so you'll get this really warm um people have called it like blossoming a blossoming warmth inside of you and you tend to not experience that if you run in dunk and then get back out there's nowhere else to be. <laughs> There's nowhere else to, nothing else to think about. You're just forced into that present moment of like, here I am in the cold. It's almost like the heat source turns on in your midline and uh, you almost feel like you're radiating warmth. So your hands and toes will continue to always be freezing. It's not that you're not cold. It's just that there's a new sensation and like a new directionality in your body. So, you know, everything that we're doing in general is processing outward information in 
And this shift takes the information that you're very aware of is coming from inside. And that's just like a very, very enjoyable experience and pretty novel and very grounding in my opinion. Because you just feel so alive. It's like the cold water is exhilarating, you know, and it's just, it's like you're super aware. It's almost frightening in that you can keep going like that longer than you should, you know, because at a certain point you don't even notice that you're cold at all. So I really, I, I rely on my watch. If I can't find my watch in the morning, I don't go. We time ourselves in the dead of winter when the water temperature is like maybe 38. You know, I can stay in, I think it's about five minutes. You need to know how long you're in the water. I mean, even though you watch all kinds of, of you know, top-notch people doing these long ice swims and stuff like that, you have to remember who you are and how your body reacts, you know, and what your limits are. So once that blossoming happens, um, it's time to get warm relatively soon. I think the most dangerous part is when you get out of the water. It's a mad rush to get dressed as fast as you can. <laughs> because for one thing, your hands don't work very well. They become very clumsy. You can't zip things, so you, you have to get whatever clothes you want on on as quick as possible, then get a big coat on. I mean, I copied immediately what I saw Penny had. I went home and, and bought some fabric and sewed one for myself. It's like a, basically a giant pillowcase out of fleece. The idea you put over your head and then as soon as you get out of the water and then you take off, because they told me it's important to get the suit off immediately. And then afterward, you know, I get to sit here in front of my fireplace. Oh, it feels so good. And then you take it, you get in the shower and uh, that is absolutely heaven, to be in the shower afterward. There are some precautions you have to take because of the change, abrupt changes in your blood pressure and stuff. It's not something you do uh, frivolously. You know, you have to really give it some thought and be careful. And the first times you go, you go with people, hopefully with some people that are knowledgeable. I can tell when I haven't dipped in a few days. Like I try to go three times a week and if I get beyond three days, it's not nice. <laughs> My capacity to be empathetic and like responsive rather than reactive is so much lower. 1998, 1999, we had been trying to have a third child, and I had a few miscarriages. And so we'd kind of said, okay, never mind. We're happy. We have two boys. We're happy. You know, and then, so in 2000, I was 40. And then I did an Alcatraz race in 2002, 2003, 2004, and they were amazing. I mean, they were just amazing. And then 2005, <laughs> I got pregnant. So I was 45 at that point. And I, I really do count that up for to cold water swimming. I mean, the feeling I have when I get out of the cold water is just tremendous. 
for myself, I was able to get to the point where I could tolerate it. And then it becomes uh, sort of addictive. And it's like you really, you enjoy that cold. I, uh, I'm a, uh, uh, in recovery from alcohol abuse. And uh, it's a real high for me. And that, that's one of the, the beauties of it is, you know, I'm not smoking marijuana or I'm not <laughs> doing drugs. I'm just getting in the cold water and I get this wonderful high. And I do love that. One of the things that when I first started swimming in that kind of early sobriety process, it it is going to release a little bit of dopamine. It is an incredible mood booster. That's probably a similar physiology to working out or something, this kind of internally resourced <laughs> capacity to make us feel better. I feel very accomplished after I've done a dip. I feel like the rest of the day is gravy. It does make the cold less scary. It makes the dark less scary. And I think just having this practice and knowing that going into not to this is my third season doing it, I'm looking forward to the winter and I'm not afraid of the doldrums and I'm not afraid of the cold. Um, and just knowing that feels kind of satisfying. It's not for bragging rights for me. It's just, it's a, I really like being able to do something that, that other people would think would be hard to do. It's just the challenge to me that, you know, can you really go on a day like today? It's, it's pretty nasty outside. And it's like, yeah, I did it. Special thanks in this episode to Ganola Laferve, Ginny Micah, and Annie Ropeek. If you're at all intrigued by cold water immersion, might I suggest checking out the show notes? I spoke to a professor of applied physiology in extreme environments, Mike Tipton, who helped me understand a few things to be aware of and a couple basic safety tips. We'll be sharing some photos of the cold water dippers on our Instagram, which is outside in radio. We'll also be sharing photos and more listener suggestions for winter surthrival in our free newsletter, and you can sign up for that at outsideinradio.org. This episode was reported, produced, and mixed by me, Justine Paradise, and it was edited by Taylor Quimby. The Outside In team also includes our host, Nate Hedgie, Felix Poon, and Jessica Hunt. Our executive producer is Rebecca Lavoie. Music in this episode came from Blue Dot Sessions, Kesa, and Auto Hacker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio.